0: This is Dr. Eric White, Associate Editor at the Journal of Pathology. I've been Associate Editor for about six months now, and prior to that, I had been on the editorial board for about three years. During that time, I've seen a number of wonderful manuscripts come across my desk, all of which seek to critically evaluate basic underpinnings of disease pathology and pathophysiology. This podcast will highlight the June 2011 issue of the Journal of Pathology. The issue begins with an invited perspective by Rudy Castellani from the University of Maryland in Baltimore and Mark Smith, who until his tragic death in December of 2010 had been at Case Western Reserve University. It bears mentioning that Dr. Smith was awarded the Goody Medal by the Pathological Society and was due to give the award lecture in Cambridge in January of 2011. This review article had been commissioned to accompany that lecture and was close to completion prior to his death. The manuscript's entitled Compounding Artifacts with Uncertainty and an Amyloid Cascade Hypothesis that is too big to fail. This manuscript focuses on the Amyloid Cascade Hypothesis of Alzheimer's disease. It discusses some of the past history of discovery of amyloid proteins and highlights some of the difficulties clinically that both clinicians and investigators face when trying to study the disease. They discuss the recent adoption of mild cognitive impairment as a clinical model to describe the boundary between normal aging and early Alzheimer's disease and the difficulties that arise because of this. And finally, they end with a bold suggestion that a paradigm shift is necessary in order to make further advances in Amyloid beta protein metabolism and Alzheimer's disease itself. The remainder of the issue consists of 13 original contributions, all seeking to identify basic mechanistic underpinnings of disease. While I clearly don't have time to describe all of the manuscripts in detail, I thought I would highlight a few manuscripts that speak to the essence of what the journal is about. The first manuscript, from Frank McConn's group at the Medical Research Council Laboratory of Molecular Biology in Cambridge, is looking at the phenomenon of field cancerization. For those of you not familiar with the term, field cancerization refers to the propensity of an epithelial surface to develop multiple cancerous lesions. In the setting of the aerodigestive tract, this is almost assuredly due to chronic tobacco smoke exposure. Although field cancerization has been described for quite some time, the mechanisms underlying the process are unclear. Based on a prior observation that at very low-resolution PCR, a high-grade lesion and a subsequent cancer appeared to share amplicon boundaries. Using a novel approach of digital PCR with microdissection molecular copy number counting, which provides detailed high-resolution information on structural genomic events, McCann's group evaluated precancerous lesions in a longitudinal bronchoscopic study from the University College London, known as the Early Lung Cancer Project. For the current study, the authors evaluated three individuals with longitudinal bronchoscopic biopsy data to evaluate whether field cancerization occurs in a precancerous lesions. Using this technique, McCawen's group makes a number of remarkable discoveries. The first, and perhaps the most Important observation is that in these three patients without overt lung cancer, microdissection molecular copy number counting identified a monoclonal origin of pre invasive bronchial biopsies that were anatomically separate and molecularly heterogeneous. The implication, of course, is that clonal expansion and dispersal of cells within a tissue occurs and that subclonal populations can emerge with varying molecular characteristics and with clinical outcomes. The second observation, equally as important, is that although it is difficult to do, recruiting patients to a longitudinal bronchoscopic study is possible, and in so doing, can shed significant insight into pathogenesis of lung cancer and, indeed, other diseases. next manuscript comes from Pancras Hogendorn's group at Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands. Incidentally, Pancreas had been associate editor at the Journal of Pathology for many years, and upon completion of his term, after he stepped down, I was fortunate enough to be appointed associate editor in his vacated space. In any event, the manuscript by D'Andrea and colleagues focuses on osteochondroma, the most common bone tumor to occur during adolescence, It's thought to occur largely due to impaired biosynthesis of heparan sulfate glycosaminoglycans, which is a major constituent of extracellular matrix proteoglycans. In this study, which included immunohistochemical evaluation of normal human growth plate and human osteochondromas, as well as a number of proteoglycan-deficient zebrafish mutants, the authors were able to evaluate chondrocyte proteoglycan gradient formation. As might be expected, normal human growth plate and wild-type zebrafish demonstrated normal proteoglycan gradient formation throughout the extracellular matrix. More severe phenotypes of zebrafish mutants demonstrated either no proteoglycan deposition or reduced proteoglycan deposition without the development of a gradient. Perhaps unexpectedly, about 90% of human osteochondroma also demonstrate a normal proteoglycan gradient Although approximately 10% of chondrocytes resembled a pattern observed in the heparan sulfate-deficient zebrafish, while these data do not suggest a specific mutation in heparan sulfate glycosaminoglycans in human osteochondroma, it does suggest that areas of loss of proteoglycan gradient in osteochondroma might be associated with defects in heparan sulfate proteoglycan production and may in fact contribute to osteochondroma initiation or progression by disrupting those proteoglycan gradients. As someone whose own laboratory studies extracellular matrix influences on cellular phenotype and disease pathogenesis, I find this work extremely interesting, and it certainly sheds light on potential disease mechanisms.